Greetings, Amigops, and Top Tenners everywhere. This is Mike from Top Ten with Kyle and Mike. I am joined this week, as I am every week, by our ring-wearing, two-ring-wearing, actually, bearded, bespectacled, but t-shirted, lovely co-host, Kyle. In a very special circumstance, I am also joined by friend of the pod, marketer of the pod, co-worker of the pod, Gina. Gina is here to be our expert guest. She's going to be talking about something. I have no idea what the hell that is. It's going to eventually turn into a top 10 list after we've debated said topic vigorously. Hopefully, this episode will be of a manageable length and of great enjoyment. So, Kyle and Gina, what the hell are we talking about this evening? Okay, so for this week's topic, um, this is a topic that I've talked to Kyle at work about and also uh, stems from my old college roommate and I used to have this debate a lot, and it is post-2000 rock bands. And it came from the fact that we realized rock isn't quite the same genre as it used to be, and, you know, classic rock is very different from all the bands that we have now, and we used to kind of discuss what bands are most like classic rock, which ones are the best now, and that's where the list came from. I love this category because I can absolutely see this topic coming up with like any young person whose musical sensibilities are like sort of leaning towards classic rock, but I specifically know that this is a topic of interest for Kyle. And it already makes your friendship clear. Like, if you're even thinking about this, it's obvious that you're on the same wavelength as my boy Kyle. So for some context, Gina and I work together and have for the last couple of years, and it's been great. But <laughs> Gina is also, like, probably the one of the most knowledgeable people I know about music. Like, all kinds of music, but especially rock music. So that is one reason that we get along very well. This was a fun kind of way that, you're right, how this topic came about. It was just one of those things you end up talking about at work in between doing actual work. I think the way it stemmed was, like, we started at the top. It was like, what's the greatest 2000s rock band? Because we kind of were just discussing how, like, rock bands aren't necessarily as iconic as they used to be Mm -hmm. and as, like, a big as part of a culture as they were in, like, the 60s, 70s, 80s. And so, obviously, like, the... You know, if you're going to talk about the best band, it begs the question, well, what are the other top 10 if you happen yeah. to run a podcast like this? So we discussed this a while back and it's taken a long time to get you on here. So it's overdue, but I'm really, <laughs> really excited about it. And it's given us both, I think, plenty of time to think about it. So this is going to be fun. So I think I only have one clarifying question because I think that the definition of a rock band piece is probably one that's fluid enough that we'll kind of, I'll get the feel for it as we go. So my only real question here is 2000s, all albums, most albums, or they feel that like they're a post 2000 rock band, like which, what are we going with here? Right, so this was some criteria that I debated for a while, and um, what I ended up going with was the band can have started before 2000, but you can only evaluate their post-music. That's actually not a bad idea, because that allows for evolution of a band to kind of stay with the culture. Right, and I also um, wanted to clarify that I didn't include much like heavy metal kind of rock because i'm just not as knowledgeable on that and i didn't really want to include it in this so i just wanted to get that out of the way i think i think that's fair i think heavy metal kind of occupies like a different place than rock does anyways Mm -hmm. and i think that's fine i 
I feel like we're sort of thinking like the spiritual descendants of classic rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I love this. I am very excited to, to see which direction we go in. Yeah. You want to kick us off with uh, number 10 there, G? Sure. Um, number 10, I have Cold War Kids. Now, they're not the most popular band, but they do have consistent hits, especially over the last couple years. And I, I think that they are a solid contender for this list. For me, so the, I only have been like aware of them the last like probably three or so years. But in that time, I've really liked pretty much everything I've heard from them. They feel like to me, like they've arrived, I would say, like they're on the radio and all that, but they also kind of feel like an up and coming band. Like we probably have not seen quite the best of the Cold War kids yet. All right. Is that a sentiment you share? Um, yes and no. I feel like I've known them for a while, but at the same time, I know that they weren't popular for a while. So I, I think that's why, you know, they land lower on the list is because they haven't had their full term yet, but I think I agree that they are kind of up and coming. All right, I want. I would like to ask a favor, and I. It's gonna. I hope. I hope we can work with this. I don't know this band, so <laughs> here's what. I, so here's. But here's what I'm gonna ask. So this is actually good. I like this because I think this will be a good educational opportunity for me, because my musical knowledge is weak. I like a lot of music, but don't do a great job looking into it. So I'm gonna be looking at this as a, a good education, a good opportunity for me to get an education for free. But here's what I'm gonna ask. Can you give me like a good comparable sort of classic rock band that I can compare these bands to? Like if, if off the top of your head, like you got somebody who this kind of reminds you of? Honestly, I don't. And I don't know if you think of anything, Kyle. I, it, they're pretty different from a typical classic rock band. They're like, they're very, like, they definitely fit snugly into, like, alt-rock. Like, I don't know if, like, there's a very, uh, like, easy comparison to a classic rock band. I'm trying to think of a band that they would compare to favorably, like, a more... You'd have to compare them to a more modern band, because their sound is very modern. Okay. All right, well, if it, if it doesn't totally work, that's okay, too. But I, I think what you're getting at is we should try to... If there's a band that you don't know, if you if we could make comparisons to bands <laughs> that you do know, like, that would help. Cold War Kids have a pretty, like, a very clean sound. Like, it's not, like, um, <laughs> all power chords. They've got clean vocals. You've probably heard a couple of their songs. They're popular. Um, you might have mm-hmm. just not have known that they were... What's their, the, the, their one big song? Um, um, they first was pretty big a couple years ago. They have love is mystical mm-hmm. now. That's I think pretty big at the moment. Yeah. Um, they have, I have a screenshot on my phone for this purpose. Oh, um, so tied up is a big one that's been on lately. Just a couple of them. You, I feel like, you know, that a few of them, <laughs> okay. you heard them. Yeah. But this is why it's low on the list. Yeah. I think- no, but this is, this is good because I'm, I'm your audience. <laughs> I need you to teach me. All right. Fair enough. I like, that's a, a really solid start. All right. Okay. I can go to number nine. Yeah. Um, number nine, I have the White Stripes. Oh, booyah. <laughs> I do know the White Stripes, <laughs> thankfully. Yes, I was hoping so. Um, the White Stripes, <laughs> I mean, they were, they've never been the most popular, but just their hits have been so good. I mean, you have Seven Nation Army and um, Fell in Love with a Girl and We're Gonna Be Friends. Those are just some of their top ones, and I... I just feel like those are really solid pieces. I so it's it's really funny that you bring this up because I was in the car yesterday for a very long time 
with another coworker of ours, Nick, and he like out of nowhere he was like, you know what I'm in the mood for is White Stripes, and we listened to them for like two hours, which was great, but I was kind of shocked at the variety of their music because you have Seven Nation Army, you have Icky Thump, uh. Dirty leaves on the ground, whatever. Like they rock hard, but then they've got "We're Gonna Be Friends," which I think most people know from Napoleon Dynamite, which <laughs> <laughs> is amazing. And then I introduced him to the it's uh, Jack White and Alicia Keys' "Another Way to Die," which I don't know if you've heard that. It's the theme for Quantum of Solace, the Bond movie. So I don't know if we're in, I probably we can't include Jack White's solo work. There's a lot of it, but the White Stripes are great. Nick is a uh, a very talented drummer, and he was lamenting the drumming stylings. Uh, apparently, she's not actually like a great drummer, and it's kind of a running joke. But I did not know that. I did not and, either. And it does not detract from my enjoyment of the Stripes. <laughs> there you go. The thing I like about the White Stripes as a, an addition to this list is that, as you mentioned, the their a lot of their big songs are like heavy, not heavy metal, but like heavier kind of rock type songs. But they have a collection that includes a lot more sort of acoustic-based music that's a little bit softer. And that, to me, is the mark of a classic rock band. They, they like, all those old bands that you think of as, like, rocking really hard, that was a couple songs in their album, but then there would be the acoustic sort of ballads that they would play as well. And I, I like that a lot as a as a sort of way of structuring your albums. And I think that this is a band that fits nicely with that convention. Mm-hmm. Cool. Moving on. Sure. We got number eight, which is Arctic Monkeys. Oh, baby. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> this list, uh, I can't say this list is trash because, <laughs> because it's already clear that it's being given to us by somebody who knows much more than I. <laughs> But uh, you're going to have to do, you got some splaining to do. How are the Arctic Monkeys this low? I mean, you'll have to see who's higher than them. I suppose, but they're like our generation's The Clash. They're incredible. They, no, they are incredible, and and I agree with that. I think that they've had some really solid music that's gone out. I also feel like there's a lot of people that are more popular and better, for lack of a better term. Yes, for lack of a better term. They're... they're <laughs> Uh, is wrong because there are better terms. Uh, but uh, but at any rate, what uh, give it? Give us a couple like representative. Gina likes the Arctic Monkeys songs, so I can. Get, I want to get a feel for what which what you like about them. I really like "For Us and Adolescent." I think that's my yep. favorite Arctic Monkey song. It's not. It's a one. classic. Kyle and I have sung that in unison with all of our friends in the car ride home after a concert many a time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. They're just their other hits. You have Why'd You Only Call Me When You're High, which is a classic, yep. and I can rock out to that whenever. But um, that is I really classic. like I'm not saying at all that I don't like them. I, no, I like no, them I, no, this wasn't was a test. Why don't you I, like I, I really just, wanted to get a, just wanted to get a sense of what you like about them, because they are a band that I think has a lot of different sort of eras to their music, and so there's a lot of different sounds they've had. Yeah, no, definitely, and I, I agree with that, and I also think that they're just unique in yeah. in their sound and, and whatnot, and, and that's what I think makes them so good. Yeah, you, you just stumbled onto, uh, Mike, is it Bruce Springsteen, number one, and then yeah. and then the Arctic Monkeys? Like, they're your favorite, like, probably your favorite yeah. band, right? So, <laughs> All mm-hmm. right, so you'll be fighting for this one later. 
I will, but but <laughs> I'll be fighting from a position of like total homerism and no real knowledge, All which right. is which is my preferred position to argument to argue things from. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I was I will say so. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it. So Mike and I saw the Arctic Monkeys. Was it last year at TD Garden? Yeah. And they were great. <laughs> they were touring my least favorite of their albums. But I think one of the big takeaways from the concert was that there were, a, like, we were the oldest people there, which was really weird. Yeah. And surprising, right? We agreed we, that was not what we were anticipating. No. Right. So it, like, really shocked me. And I think it, like, is a testament to, like, how, like, popular their music is like I, I really expected it to be like an older crowd and didn't know how modern they like relevant they are today but it would seem that they're extremely relevant how big was yeah. the concert venue i mean it was a at full nba sized arena oh wow yeah, so like 16 17 000. yeah but uh so they probably seat i don't know 12 plus the plus the ground you know like yeah on the, 12 to 15 probably so my, so I guess my question is, since they've been around for a while, Mike, do you know if their entire discography would fit in the 2000s? Yeah, so I think whatever people say I am was 06, maybe? Okay. So they're actually, like, later than you think, hmm. most of their, their collection. They've done a lot of work in a short period of time. Okay. Yeah, I believe I... I don't think they started before 2000. Yeah. They're They're good. All right, well, I'm sure we'll be talking more about them later. Yes. Gina, as a frequent listener of the podcast, I think you know what happens after number eight. It's the not top three? Yes, it is. Okay. And could you help us make the not top three happen? Yes. You just have to cue the music first. That's the only thing. Oh, cue the music. Terrific work. One of our best guest cues of all time. Thank you, Gina. You are a natural. Thank you, Gina, and thank you, Kevin. That beat was so stanky, I can't even stand it. It was dripping in stank. (laughs) Um, Okay, so for the not top three, I wasn't sure at first what to do with this because it's like, do I talk about the worst rock band? That doesn't seem logical. Hmm. So what I ended up going with was... (laughs) Popular slash good bands that think that they're rock or people Ooh. think that they're rock and they're not. Oh, poster what bands. Ter- what a terrific not top three concept. That is the great fun of the not top three is wow. what your concept is. <laughs> and you've, you've really knocked it out of the park. All right. So Imagine Dragons is one of them. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> and I keep, I, I have to laugh because I keep seeing these memes around that are like, Literally any four white guys could come up to me and I would believe that they're Imagine Dragons, which I think is hilarious. That is utterly true. Imagine Dragons, I think, so Kyle and I think have quoted this before um, from The Office. Robert California refers to the Black Eyed Peas as as rock for people who don't like rock, <laughs> hip-hop for people who don't like hip-hop, and pop for people who don't like pop, and... I think Imagine Dragons kind of fits into that mold too. Like they're pop for people who don't like pop and rock for people who don't like rock. Right. No, I 100% agree. I I saw them at Summerfest in Milwaukee one year. I was there and it was right after the song Radioactive came out. 
And that's all anyone knew. And so people just swarmed the stage and talked throughout their whole concert and just sang along that song. And I don't know if that made me hate them (laughs) even more, but... And true or false, they had a huge drum, right? Didn't they have, like, a huge drum on stage for Radioactive during that tour? I was so far away from the stage, I couldn't even tell you that. I think I remember hearing that they just had, like, a gigantic drum (laughs) that they hit for that yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. And like, I'm not saying they're catchy, you know what I'm, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, they're catchy, but I don't consider them as like a true rock band. Yeah. Um, the other one's Coldplay, which might be a hot topic, and I love Coldplay, but I don't know if I would consider them a rock band. Maybe the earlier stuff, but I don't know about the recent stuff. I mean, they did just have a collaboration with the Chainsmokers, and that bothered me, so. Oh. That was not like it was our wedding song or anything. <laughs> was it actually? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, here I am. So I, I'm a card-carrying Coldplay lover. I think yeah. most people that know me know this well. But I'm not so engrossed in their music that I I can't understand that they're not, at least not anymore, a yes. purely rock band. And, and I love Coldplay. So I'm I'm saying this like I love them. I'd say they're one of my favorite bands, but I don't think that they are up there with the, these other ones. Not anymore. And if, especially because I think, well, Parachutes might have been 2000. So I think technically their whole their whole body of work fits into this. But like, if we're considering the the entirety of their uh, of their work, it's definitely more pop than it is rock. And even at the beginning, you, it was really soft rock. Yes. So yes. Yeah. Well, I want to talk briefly about Genesis. Do you think Genesis is a rock band? I don't have an opinion on that. I'm not super familiar. See, it's different because, like, because like if you put Coldplay in the '80s, like they would be a rock band. Or but, so that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like Genesis, I think Coldplay. Wanted to be U2, but decided they were Genesis. And I think Genesis is a rock band. Genesis is, but I think time, like, context matters. And, like, like a pre, like, pre-grunge, like, I think grunge kind of, like, demarcated. Like, if you're good, you have to be, like, at least as hard as, like, a grunge band sometimes to be considered rock now. And, like, Coldplay is not that. So sort of a vocabulary issue. A little bit. I think that a lot of the bands that I have on this list, they might have some softer songs, but they definitely have some rock out songs, and I, hmm. it's hard to establish that. Well, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to like really boost a resume that doesn't include much like electric guitar. Like the vast majority of their career, they've made their sounds with acoustic guitar and like really heavy synth and keyboard stuff and a lot of percussion, which like is cool. You know, a, a ba- another band like that is Keen. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't have a guitarist. It's a vocalist and a keyboardist and a, a drummer. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think Keen kind of falls in the same bucket of, like, close, but not quite a rock band. Like, if right. you don't have... It's kind of hard without an electric guitar, I feel like. <laughs> right. That's fair. Mm. All right. Okay. And my last not top three is Maroon 5. Oh, Jesus. Because <laughs> I know, I know, like... Most people wouldn't consider them rock, but I have heard that them described as that, and I just don't agree. They're just shit. <laughs> well, hey, I don't know about that. 
uh, I really Yes, like, you do. Yes, you do. I, okay. Maroon 5 is terrible. I, you didn't have a wedding song to Maroon 5. We're going to so shit on Kyle us. today, and Listen. I just made fun of his wedding song, and now you can make fun <laughs> of him for the rest of Listen. it. I, okay, I don't like. I don't hold up uh, Maroon Five as like a standard upon which you should try to make music. But every fucking time that a Maroon Five song comes on, I'm like, fuck yeah! And Sunday I, morning rain is falling. Not, not even that. Like anything that is on the radio now. Does it make you want to get a California tattoo on your stomach? <laughs> no, <laughs> but it does make me want to sing and like dance around a little bit. Like it, there, it's just like it's. It's everything that's, if you don't like, like, really popular, catchy, poppy music, you're not going to like Maroon 5. Right. But there's value in that, and I find it. <laughs> no, and that's what I'm saying, is they are a pop band. They are not a yeah. rock band. I mean, you have songs like Harder to Breathe, which is one of their older ones, which maybe can classify as rock. But other than that, especially everything as of lately, they're not. Not even close to a rock band, but I agree that... Sugar! Yeah. Oh, so God. sweet! Come on, that's just fun. <laughs> It's not particularly crappy pop, but it's still fun to listen to. So I'll defend it from that angle. (laughs) Through the lens of this podcast, uh, the Not Top 3 is a perfect place for them. All right. Yeah. Beautifully constructed Not Top 3. Thank you. Yeah, very very well done, Gina. Do I go into number 7 now? I think now would be the time. All right. So number 7, I have Blink-182. Oh, man. Now, this one's tough because... You know, overall, very popular, very loved band, but you have a lot in the 90s because you have all the small things and What's My Age Again both land in the 90s. And I think those Which are, is Enema of the State, right? I believe so, yes. Yeah. Okay. So that was like their, but that's probably their biggest album, right? Uh, right. And then, but then after you do have some contenders, you have Anthem Part 2, Feeling This, I Miss You, which is oh. something that Kyle um, imitated on another one of the pods, which I was laughing so hard at. Uh, so you still have some solid music after the 90s, but I, they kind of land a little bit lower because of those two being in the 90s. Yeah, they're a weird crossover band because they represent sort of the best version of what rock could be in the early 2000s, but it was already sort of ending for them. They're, they're interesting. That's a, I'm, I'm interested to see them on this list in this high. I don't have a dispute because they're, like a generational band they're just um they're sort of a an odd fit for really any list like they're not grunge so they don't fit with like a a discussion of like nirvana but they also aren't like early 2000s alt rock like a like a, theoretically a cold play or like a i don't know but uh the stupid sex on fire kings of leon <laughs> like they're they're not really like either of those things, so they're they're interesting. But I think they definitely deserve to be on the list. If the entirety of their work was in the two thousands, they'd be very high. I think, yeah, like definitely top half of the list. But but they, even then, they'd fit awkwardly, like but, generically. Yeah. Like their genre is just different than kind of a, like most anybody really like because most of the bands in their genre suck. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, go back to Dylan's podcast. Like we were grouping yeah. them in the same breath with like. Simple Plan, and yeah, right. And Simple Plan's uh, terrible, <laughs> right? I mean, they're a much better band than Simple Plan, but they like kind of straddle the line between, like, yeah, like really whiny emo punk. Yeah, I was gonna say angsty. Yeah, really yeah, angsty, really like angsty. a Fallout Boy. Like, there's, there's just, there's not a lot of good bands doing what they did, which is part of what makes them hard because most of the other bands doing what they did kind of stink. 
right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think they've got enough to at least warrant consideration. They they had an album like two years ago, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That like I didn't listen to it, but I, there were a couple of singles off it that I liked. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're relevant. Like they they still exist. I think they tour. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Cool. Yeah. I love them. I love them at seven. That's a. I think that's a great spot for them. All right. Uh, number six, I have Muse. Oh my god, I forgot about Muse. <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> so I personally really like Muse, but bias aside, I think that they are a really strong band. They might not be the most popular, but they they're. I think people would be surprised to know how much Muse songs they know. They've had a lot of hits. Um, they've been in a lot of soundtracks, I think. So most famously, <laughs> Starlight was featured in uh, the instant romantic comedy classic Crazy Stupid Love. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah! I think they had a what? Uh, was it them that had one or two hits on Twilight, the Twilight series, actually? Which, oh my god, as bad as movies those were, they had really good soundtracks, actually. I'm looking at them on Wikipedia right now, and from 98 to 2000 were their first a- first EPs, and then basically everything that we know from them is 2000 plus, so I, we can consider the majority of their career in this, and if that's the case, it, even though I literally just said I forgot about them, like, I've listened to a ton of Muse. Mm-hmm. They're awesome, mm-hmm. and they've, I mean, they've got a very distinct sound. It's definitely not for everyone. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's kind of binary. Like you're really into Muse or you're really not. That's is that fair to say? I think so. Yeah. I mean, not a lot of lukewarm Muse people out there. Yeah. Right. But and it's also like weird. It's like kind of like I think intentionally like kind of alien sounding and like really weird and like a lot of their actual subject material is like science fictiony and futuristic and it's like kind of like really weird i remember we had a a calculus teacher in high school who you wouldn't understand any of this stuff mike um absolutely not (laughs) and he was saying use like there's a whole subsection of like metal music primarily called math core where they're (laughs) they're this is a real thing where they're obsessed with like the geometric and like like the the math behind like what makes scales work and muse is like not a mathcore band, but they're like a very mild form of it where like those guys are into kind of like understanding the science of music, which sounds really stupid and weird, but it's, I think, at least worth noting. Right. It's rock and roll, baby. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So. Uh, so, Kyle, you have not seen Muse live? No, I have not. Muse Gina, played, have you? Um, no, Muse played a couple years ago at Lollapalooza, two years ago. And. It was rained out, but only after like one or two songs. And for a music okay. festival like that, no one is refunded or like anything like that. And the following day, I saw the Killers, and he actually covered one of the Muse songs and did a great job. And I, everyone was really appreciative of it. He was like, "I just want to do this since they were canceled," and everyone was just cheering him on. And I, I feel like there was all these people there that meant to see Muse the night before. It was just really cool. That is pretty okay. cool. That is really cool. Brandon Flowers is a cool dude. He is. Yeah, I've heard Muse gives a crazy amazing live show. And I think that's a big element of a of a rock band that is maybe gone by the wayside a little bit. So I, I like I like to hear them at this place in the list. Mm-hmm. 
if if people are still wondering who Muse is, I feel like a lot of people have heard of them because Knights of Cydonia is in one of the Guitar Hero games. So, yeah, which, sorry about that. Honestly, like that's where I heard like a lot of when I was young and forming my my music tastes, like Guitar Hero is a pretty big influence on that. So, that might be where like, some people have heard of Muse before. Definitely. Mm. Number 5 is Arcade Fire. Ooh. And you do love Arcade Fire. I really do and I I personally like them, but I was looking at it, you know, they won a Grammy for Best Album of the Year, which I think is a huge statement. Is that the Suburbs? Mm-hmm. Ugh, what an you, album. And, um, but also than that, they're so unique, and that's why I wanted to put them up so high. I mean, I was actually listening to a podcast about them, and they were talking about how there's... They don't even have choruses in a lot of their songs, and mm-hmm. that's so different. And... You don't even notice. I mean, their first album, Funeral, uh, like the first couple songs don't have choruses. And like, those are like uh, some of the best songs that they have put out. And they have a church organ in a couple of their songs. And while I think they might be losing their touch a little bit because they're getting a little poppy and I don't know, EDM style, they have such a strong beginning and their first like two or three albums were just amazing. So, this might be high because of my personal bias, but I, I think they should be up there. Do you listen to Arcade Fire, Mike? Uh, a little bit. I'm I'm more aware of Arcade Fire than like an Arcade Fire guy. But I, I <laughs> feel like I listened to more Arcade Fire music like six years ago or than now. Is that sound right? Yes, I'd say so. I mean, yeah. like I said, I think some of their better stuff is their first stuff. And that's yeah. kind of when they they were really big. So I listened to those albums pretty heavily, especially the suburbs. And I like haven't really listened to much of them since, unless it's off those two albums. Mm-hmm. But I've um, seen them live twice, and I think that also might have something to do with my opinion on them because I think yeah. they're just incredible. It felt- I've heard people make fun of their live performances though, because don't they have like a truly hilarious number of people on stage at yes. any given time? Yes, there's like 15 people on stage. Um, their most recent tour, they were performing on a boxing ring, and it would wow. they just rotate positions, so they were di- facing different parts of the concert. And that's was, cool. And, but there were so many of them, so I guess you kind of needed something like that when there's that many of you on stage. That's a great idea. That kind of reminds me of, uh, I don't think they're, they qualify for this list because they are not quite rock. They're more like folk, like indie folk. Like we saw the Lumineers opened for U2 and there were like, it felt like there were like 15 people on stage and there were just like people running around in the background with tambourines, like, that like might not have even been in the band. They were just, probably just like groupies. It, it felt like they just, they were like, Hey man, I'm hitching to Chicago. And they were like, Oh, cool. Do you need, do you want to hold this tambourine and come up with us on stage, man? And like, that's what it, I don't know if that's how the Lumineers behave, but it seems like or it. talk. Yeah. <laughs> or talk. No, they. I really like the Lumineers, but yeah, there's there's a lot of them, and they. I wouldn't say that they're on the list, but I. I only bring them up because of that. Like, yeah, they, we're not considering a band like that on like for this list, right? No. Okay. Cool. That folky, you mean? Yeah, kind yeah. of like folky, like mm-hmm. kind of almost not quite like countryish, but like in yeah. Simon and Garfunkel-y. Yeah. Right. No, I'm, I don't stuff. have any on there like the, that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So shut up, Quinn. No Mumford. <laughs> 
Um, uh, number four is Green Day. Oh, man. Now, this is opposite of personal bias because I actually don't like Green Day. <laughs> but <laughs> obviously they deserve a closer to the top spot on the list. I think we need to – hold on. I'm going to Google Green Day because I – I'm curious to see how much of their yeah. stuff comes so in. So in the 90s, when they Dookie had... Come out? Dookie came out in 1994. Wow. Okay. They have When I Come Around in Basket Case on that one. And then Good Riddance, yeah. which is probably my favorite by them, came out in 97. But um, in the 2000s, you have American Idiot, you have Holiday, Boulevard of Broken Dreams, Wake Me Up When September Ends. So really... Yeah, they had some good ones in the 90s, but they've had a lot of solid ones after. That's wild. Like, even if you take out their best music, which is yeah. pretty much all happened in the 90s, they still have enough, like, mega hits, like, to keep them in this conversation. Like, Holiday and Boulevard of Broken Dreams and American Idiot, like, those three, or, and then When September Ends, like, those four songs, I feel like, got so much play when we were in. And you're a few years younger than we are, but middle school and high school, like those songs yeah. were always on and everybody knew them. But like, even at that time, people were like, like we were really into Green Day and then we're really tired of Green Day really fast. <laughs> yes. yeah. 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 It's like, it's such a, they were so symbolic of that era of music that Dwight singing Boulevard of Broken Dreams <laughs> on karaoke during the Christmas episode of The Office, like didn't need explanation as to why it was funny. It was funny because it was Green Day. Like, right. that's the whole joke. Right. And that, I think, is is a good representation of how big Green Day was. I agree with you, Kyle. It's funny to think that you can take away their best music and they still stand as one of the biggest sort of crossover rock bands of the early 2000s because they, like Blink-182, sort of straddle a couple subgenres, but I think they're a little more comfortably in the camp of, like, a traditional rock band. And I think one of the most popular of the early 2000s, and while they're a little annoying from time to time, because <laughs> I would say deservedly so. Yeah, they were, like, one of the... I feel like one of the few bands that was able to, like, transition from like, a pretty well-respected punk band into, like, a really yeah. successfully, like, commercial band mm -hmm. and not, like, entirely ruin it. Like, yeah, they were popular and people made fun of them, but they still liked it. Right, and, it's not yeah. Nickelback. And they, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, what, you already spoiled number one. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. How did that, how did Nickelback not make the not top three? Because, you know, who thinks they rock out with their cocks out is Nickelback. <laughs> yeah. Fair you enough. know, they have a song called Porn Star Dancing. Don't oh. forget. They also have another song called Rockstar. <laughs> yeah. All we all just want to be a big rock star. I gotta tell you, <laughs> in my guilty pleasure list of all time, I kinda like Rockstar. <laughs> uh, one of our coworkers did it at karaoke and like fully imitated it. It had like a clenched fist the entire time that he was wow. Someone came up to me because I was in the audience and they were like, is this satire? <laughs> we think a <laughs> little you bit still, we all know the words right now if yeah. i played rockstar right oh, now just wanna be <laughs> right yeah. right we used to do hotel rooms me and uh bone and dylan both former guests of the pod used to do trivia a lot and they would have these lightning rounds at the end and one of them was they just played the Rockstar music video, and you had to write down as many celebrity cameos as you could. Oh, wow. And there were, like, 50. Really? It was really fun. 
Uh, and we enjoyed it more than we probably ought to have. I'm but, gonna go mm-hmm. home and watch that. Anyways, now we've been spending kind of a long time talking about Nickelback, <laughs> and we should be talking about our honorable That's mentions. Fair. That's fair. Oh, okay. Honorable mentions. <laughs> I have a long list. Excellent. Let her um, rip. Some some of them I'll just list, and some of them I'll explain. So my list is Franz Ferdinand. Uh, pan- <laughs> Take me out. Panic at the yeah. Disco. Ah. Uh, oh, do you have- panic? Um, panic. Okay, go. Which yeah, never forget. You know, don't here forget that. Go, they have the fun music videos and whatnot. Yeah. That, um, that okay. The here we go again, or here it goes again. Music video was like an. That was one of the reasons YouTube became what it became. That's yes. a, like a hugely important video. True. Agreed. Um, Lincoln Park. Ooh. Weird genre. I don't know about them. Yeah. They're more of a hybrid. I don't yeah, even like know about them being on this list. Hi- would you just make a hybrid theory pun? What? Huh? What? No? Huh? Yeah, I did. <laughs> you did? Oh. Gross. <laughs> TV on the radio. Not super popular, but I would say they're a very good band. Huh. The National. A little bit more depressing than your average rock band, but very good. They yeah, didn't they do Reigns of Castamere? They absolutely did Reigns of Castamere. I listened to that on the way to work this morning. Legitimately, <laughs> that's a real, that's a true story. Wow, how about that? Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yes. The yeah, yeah, oh. yes. Oh, I haven't heard them in a while. A little bit more, you know, on the down low, but still yeah. got some good songs out there. Yep. Yellow card. Oh. <laughs> There's a place wow. called Ocean Avenue. <laughs> yeah, um, I've heard of that one. Beck, which I don't know if it's super rock, but that's 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 why he's on honor mentions because like popular, been around for a while, but nah. I fucking love Beck. Yeah, I mean, he's great. They're great. I don't know if it's a he or a they. Actually, I think it's like one of those <laughs> things where it's it's like definitely he. But it's styled as a band. I right. don't know. He's like, like he's he's won like Emmys. Like he's like, yeah. I think widely considered to be like a really talented musician. Like the lyricism is fucking insane. It doesn't make any sense. But I think that's part of what makes it so appealing. He's also so he's got so much variety. That and like, if you've ever like every single song, it's like a real pain in the ass to try to learn his stuff on the guitar. Because everything he does is in, like, like tunings that he made up. Like, he doesn't do anything in standard or drop-T tuning. Which, like, probably, like, 95% of the music you hear is in standard or drop-T tuning. And his stuff is, like, drop-B, sub-F. Like, it's all... You can only play one song of his at a time because then you have to spend five minutes retuning your guitar to play the next one. Weird. Which, like... He must just have, like, a thousand guitars that are tuned the way he likes them. But, like, the way he experiments with music in that way is really impressive. I don't know. I don't know if he would just, if he's just not popular enough or if he doesn't, like, quite qualify. On my personal list, Beck's really high. Yeah. Okay. But. Dashboard Confessional. There's a couple of these, like, angsty bands on here because I love that growing up. You know how I feel having them on the honorable mention list, Kyle? Vindicated. <laughs> I feel vindicated. <laughs> I'm also selfish and wrong, but I'm right. <sighs> Swear I'm right. I was waiting for that last one. <laughs> Swear I knew it all along. Oh. Vampire Weekend. You know, have you listened to their new album? Yeah. It's real. It's a real delight to listen to. It's good. 
they like kind of occupy a not quite rocky space for me, like right. especially with this newest album. But I think they're great, but I don't think they're quite as rock as the others, so it, that's why they're. Out. I think this is the right spot for them. Young the Giant, my personal favorite, but not good, uh, popular enough to be on the list. Worth listening to, though. If yes. You do not. Modest Mouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spoon. <laughs> <laughs> Silver Sun Pickups, which maybe kind of goes into a little bit of like heavier stuff, but still good. Uh, band of Horses. Yeah. Not a super popular band. The Decemberists. Yep. Wolf Parade. <laughs> These are a lot. So I, I don't know that one. That's awesome. Um, Wolf Parade. Jimmy World. Oh, that is Oh, man. You two, kinda. The problem is that they've, they've been <laughs> active for all of the 2000s. It's just very little of it. Has yeah. Been any good. You know right, what my right, favorite that's... album from U2 from the 2000s is? That one on your phone. What? Do you remember that when they gave like every oh, iPhone just yeah. like like all of a sudden had a U two album yep, on it? Songs of Innocence, that. I know because yeah. it was the first so- first album to queue up on my Bluetooth for several years. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, U two. Yeah. Thank you. You're great. Mute math. Yep. Fallout Boy. Yeah. <laughs> Sum forty one. <laughs> Kings of Leon, as you yeah. mentioned earlier. Yep. 21 Pilots. Huh. Very good. Consider them, considering putting them on the list, I've heard they're amazing live. I have never seen them. I've heard that as well. And then my last honorable, well, I'm sure there's more, but the one I wanted to mention was Greta Van Fleet, because although I think they're absolutely amazing and they're really up and coming, they're just too new to put on the list. But I think if we did this in 10 years, it, it, they'd be on there. We're, I could see their career either being like that, like you said, in 10 years, we'll still be talking about them, or I could see them kind of, like, devolving into just having their one thing that they do and not evolving, which I think is a danger, but uh, we talked about Greta Van Fleet on our best albums of 2018, and the Anthem of the Peaceful Army is... If you go through my personal 2018 songs I played a lot, a lot of them are off that album. They are fantastic, and Probably the closest band on this list to like what we were talking about with like like a classic rock right, sound. Right, that's what a lot of people say. I actually um, recently got a record player, probably because I moved to Wicker Park, so yep. I had to become a little bit required. Um, <laughs> and I was in a record store and was that classic like worker who knows everything and wants to tell you everything. And I was buying Greta Van Fleet album, and he wanted to talk about it, and he was just so excited. I think to hear some of that old sound again. You know, because it's not super common anymore. Great album. Great yeah. pick. I think you're right, though, that we need we need to see a little more from you, Greta Van Fleet. Yes. Work on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That is an impressive honorable mention list, Gina. Do you Damn guys right. have any to add? Because, or do we have to go through the other three first? Let's do your top three, and then we can talk through okay. anything we okay. think you might have missed. That's which fair. I don't know how many of those there can be. All right. So, going into number three, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm not confident on their place in this list in terms of how high they are. This feels like a pick, like, you're not a really big fan of them, but you feel like there's a lot of No, like, I am, or? but it's not as much, I guess you could say. And I don't, it, they're just classic. So, it's, it, I, I feel like they have to be higher, but I, I just don't. 
I could skip one of their songs. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's bands on here that I would probably not skip their songs, but I, I could potentially skip. Yeah. Like, so, um, on, uh, on Wikipedia. Yeah, they were formed. They're like, they've been around since like the 80s. Yeah. 2002, though, a lot of people know, by the way. Yeah. And then 2000 yeah. and they released a two, they, in 2003, they released a greatest hits album. 2006 mm. was Stadium Arcadium. I think a lot of people listen to that one. That's got uh, Snow and Danny California and that stuff. Mm-hmm. When's Californication? I think that's 90s. Yes, it's 99. Yeah. So they've had a lot of success in the 2000s. They came out with an album not all that long ago, and they're it looks like producing a 12th studio album. So... I don't know. I think like <laughs> I think their stock has taken a hit um from those who watch uh The Good Place. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever They lo- really love me. Have yeah. you ever paid money to see California funk band The Red Hot Chili Peppers? <laughs> Do you watch The Good Place? No, I don't. Oh, they they drag them right through the coals. Mike Shore, the creator of Parks and Rec and The Good Place, just seems to have a grudge against Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> and makes a lot of jokes at their expense. It's very amusing. So there's a uh, knockoff band called the Red Hot Chili Pipers. <laughs> yeah. And I know this because they used to come to Summerfest every year. Uh, and, do they just play pipes? Um, I actually never saw them. I So I worked at Summerfest, which is why... It's I, like a pan flute of <laughs> <laughs> snow. Right. But... I I never ended up seeing them. I worked at, at I worked for like eight summers at Summerfest, but we had a brochure of all the bands, and everyone would get confused mm. because they're like the Red Hot Chili Peppers are coming, and we'd have to correct them. No, it's, it's the, the Chili Pipers, Pipe Pipers, the Pipers. So <laughs> Pie Piper. But all in all, I'd be comfortable with moving this one down later. Just gonna say that I I just feel like Danny California songs like that. You know, they they deserve a, a place kind of like Green Day. I think they might move down a little bit, but I do think that they probably are one of the most like traditional rock bands on this list. And particularly if you wind the clocks back to like 2007, mm-hmm. they're one of the biggest bands on the planet. And yeah. they're specifically would be known as like a real rock band. Like that was a time when the question of real rock was big. I think music has changed so much over the past, call it five years, that that's just not really a question people are asking in the same way. But I think at that time, there was still enough like living memory of regular old rock that they were sort of a band that like, you know, carried that torch for people. Yeah, I think I think they belong in the top half of the list. If they stay at three or not, I don't know. But there's enough stuff that they've done. And like everyone, everyone has heard of them. Everyone knows who they are. And it's kind of hard to listen to one of their songs and not know that it's them. They've crafted a yeah, pretty it's un- about unique sound. <laughs> Fair enough. California yeah. and drug use in Southern California. <laughs> right. Fair that enough. too. There you go. The subject matter is very specific. All right. Number two, we have The Killers. Booyah. <laughs> I was getting concerned you were leaving them off <laughs> Oh, no. I was what, never. What's wild, though, is that... There are two bands I can think of that I would argue could be number one, and we only have one spot left. Well, there's one band I know I know you think has to be number one, and if they're not, then this is this whole list is a disaster. <laughs> well, we'll see. Like, I, I, know who, I, I know who you think. Okay. I'm confident I know what number one is, <laughs> yeah. as we've attended their concert together. But 
Well, whatever. We'll get there. Okay. Let's talk about the killers. The killers. I mean, what can you not say about the killers? They're just incredible. I, I personally love them. I think a lot of people love them. I think that they kind of lost touch over the years, but overall, they've got a solid discography. I mean, they, there was some statistic that like Mr. Brightside has been on the top 100 list of like every billboard charts in the last however many years. Is Mr. Brightside one of the 10, if not best, like from a purely musical perspective? Is it what is it one of like the greatest songs of all time, if not the best? Right. It's the don't stop believing of our generation. Definitely. Hundred yeah. percent. It's like every person under the age of thirty knows all the words to it and gets excited to hear yeah. it, right? right? Probably even a little older than that. Like so to have that on your resume alone puts you up there. Hot Fuss is like yep. one of the greatest debut albums ever. Yes. Yeah. Samstown is not a disappointment after that, which is <laughs> saying something. Right. Yep. And what's so cool, because I, I brought this up to someone, and they had said, like, oh, really? It's just, like, one or two songs that they have. But I said, no. Oh, my you, God. You have, when you were young, you have all these things that I've done. I mean, you even have recent ones, like The Man was on the radio. Yep. And, and I don't think you can just limit them to Mr. Brightside at all. Well, and no. people overlook uh, Day and Age. Yeah, but you got Human and Spaceman off that album, mm-hmm. which at the time was like kind of a departure, and it was really, ding, really ding ding. Yeah, and it was really strange. And in retrospect, it's like it's hard to believe that at the time we were like worried about the killers. Yep this is this is exactly the right point to be making, which is that the people who think the killers have lost it are the people who, understandably, just kind of gave up on them. Mm-hmm. But the people who stuck with them, they're now stopping and looking back and saying, oh, wow, I love what they did with that. I'm glad that they experimented and I'm really kind of cool with the place that they are now. Like, right. it's that's, I think that this, I, I actually, I'll, I, just because this is the language I speak, the thing about Bruce Springsteen is a good example. Like people who got off the train after Born to Run because Nebraska and Darkness on the Edge of Town came out. I don't criticize them. I, I get it. Like you, you fell in love with a particular sound and it changed. But if you think that that's where the train stopped, it's just cause you got off. Like the train kept going in really cool and different ways. It just, you know, you might have been alienated by a change, but looking back as a fan who has stuck with it through all that, wow, what a rewarding kind of journey. Right. And I feel the same way about this. And yeah. I mean, even on their last album, you have, I don't know how familiar you guys are with it, but the song, The Rut, I, yeah. I love that song. And it, it's I, an incredible it's song. It's like this, got this like kind of 80s synth vibe. Like they have, mm-hmm. they're just, they've they're, got a lot going on. Well, you made the comparison to Genesis earlier. I think like it actually tracks with the killers too. Yeah. Um, and like people don't even talk about Battleborn, like that album sandwiched between those two. And that's a great, great album. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they've got, so I listened to their greatest hits the other day all the way through. And it's not like, it's not a weak greatest hits where you've got four no. songs and then filler. Like it's maybe not songs that are household names, but every single one of them is incredible. I, I think you might find people that would quibble with you that if we're like, I wouldn't make this argument, but I think based on how like synth heavy they are, that people might not consider them a conventional rock band. I don't think 
That's a valid argument, but they are a little different with their sound than some of the other bands on this list. Yeah. But. Right. And I think that they even, they even do covers well. I mean, I, I, like I said, I saw them live and, and he, Brandon Flowers crushed the Muse cover. I mean, I don't think many people could cover Muse, but he did it and he did it well. Yeah. They have Romeo and Juliet, which they cover by, uh, Dire Straits, which I, it's such an unknown song, but I really like wow. their version of it. Wow, I can totally see them like being Dire Straits. That's what that's part of. What, I want you to continue this tangent because it's so interesting. But like, <laughs> I think this is a cool thing about them doing covers. Is I can picture them as a bunch of different bands. Yeah, that, and I think that they can adapt, and that doesn't mean yeah. they don't have their own sound too. But I, I've always loved that song that they cover by Dire Straits, and even though it's very not well known, I yeah. listen to it all the time. I saw them cover, uh, the cars. Um, I know just what I needed, whatever that song is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's and what it was, called. yeah, it was incredible. Like right. so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Well, we're all in agreement. This is easy. <laughs> all right. And then number one is yeah. Foo Fighters. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. Which. I, my life was changed when I saw them in concert. I was there with some college friends. Kyle was there with his brother. So we, we stood together and it was just, my mind was blown. It was a transcendent experience. <laughs> it was I, insane. I, so prior to that, the best show I ever saw was Coldplay and that was amazing. It was a, like a, a really, like almost religious experience <laughs> for me. But the Foo Fighters was, it was just a, a different kind of experience. The Foo Fighters, like, so clearly and mostly Dave and Taylor, but they like, they worship rock and roll. Like, and you can see it when they perform. And Cameron kept saying it. Like, <laughs> he was like very drunk, not like on, not like actually drunk, but like drunk on them. And he just kept screaming, like, these guys are legends. <laughs> like, they are rock gods. And like, they, they really are. Like, yeah. they just love the music so fucking much and like Dave is just he's like a kid he was just like like getting like like you know telling people on this side or the other to to sing along and like telling stories they played like for almost like three and a half four hours they if you want to talk about covers like it was wild they covered Cheap Trick Mm -hmm. they had the guy for uh, I think the one of the guys from Cheap Trick was there they covered they played uh it was like the chords and the progression of Imagine by John Lennon, but they sang the words to Jump by Van Halen. It was really, really weird. They wow. did a, they did a bunch of silly stuff where they would play some of their deeper tracks and Taylor would sing and Dave was on drums like he was in Nirvana. And then, and that, this is all just like their live performance. If you want to get into their music, like, <laughs> <laughs> these guys have like been the face of rock and roll for like the entirety of the 2000s. The issue with that is you have, in the 90s, Everlong, Monkey Wrench, Learn to Fly, My Heroes. You can't evaluate those. However, you have times like these. You have All My Life. You have Best of You. You have The Pretender these days. Like, you have all, you have all those, you know. And back to your cover point, I have to point out because it's amazing the Strats covered for them, which also should be on honorable mentions because they were amazing. They were great. And they, their lead singer looks and sounds a lot like Freddie Mer- Mercury. They brought him back on stage to do under a, pressure, under pressure with them. And it was incredible. 
Like, I, I absolutely loved it. I, they're like for sure my favorite band. I know every Foo Fighters song. So like, I'm biased and I had the time of my life at that concert, but I really think if, even if you just look at their 2000 stuff, like they have more popular music than most of the bands on this list. Mm -hmm. And I think it's worth noting that like Dave Grohl has crafted this image of like the long haired, like, bearded like lead singer guitarist of a rock band like when you at least when i think of a rock band like i just think of the foo fighters they're the closest thing we have i think to like the mega bands of the 80s and i don't know mike you're you're a little more impartial than we are so I'd, i'd like to get your take on it well my take is that i asked you probably two months ago like hey give me the give me the starter pack for foo fighters because i you've been talking about them for so long and i've just never really jumped in and i still gotta i've still gotta keep exploring but they're incredible and they're a rock band like they're a rock band in a way that basically nobody else is what i was saying earlier about that mix like that perfect sort of magical mix of like rocking songs and acoustic ballads and they have it and there's just such balance to their music that i feel like is sort of what rock and roll is about so I don't think there's really any argument. They're number one. And I would say they're not even my top favorite band at all. So in a way, this it was like unbiased for me to put it at the top because I yeah. I don't they're I don't listen to them constantly, etc. But they're just incredible. They were amazing. Yeah. So, so who's the band that's missing for you? Kyle? Right. I need to know that. So I'm a, not appalled. This is probably not the right word. I'm. Like, stunned that we have not talked about Weezer yet. Oh, yeah, Weezer. Yep, they were supposed to be on my honorable mentions. I, for- I lost my notes, Mike, just so you know. I, lo- I explained this to Kyle oh, earlier. I lost wow. my notes. I know. <laughs> I tried to scroll Holy some shit, down Holy shit, the show must go on. Weezer's up. Weezer, I'm comfortable putting on the list. I think Weezer is, like, number three. Like, Weezer, and, and some, of their, some of their most well-known stuff, I think the Blue Album was 96, but... So like you, you're losing Buddy Holly and Say It Ain't So and and My Name Is Jonas, but like a lot of their most popular music is certainly in the 2000s. Beverly Hills, Hashpipe, you know, Pork and Beans, Troublemaker. They just I listened to this album a hundred times last year. They just did an album of all covers, and like when you can flex and just do an entire album of <laughs> 80s covers, like you're very successful. They're like kind of I think classified as an emo band. Uh, because like they sing a lot about like playing Dungeons and Dragons and making music <laughs> in their garage, but like I don't know, like they these guys are like hugely commercially successful. I think they are distinctly a rock band, and they're very I don't know. Th- people just know who they are. They're extremely popular. That's fair. That's fair. I think, but I think that I think that people know who they are, but it's not as popular. They're not as popular as other bands. I think people don't know that they know who they are. Yeah, that's probably fair. Yeah, that's legit. So I, but I'd definitely be comfortable moving them to the list. Yeah, I think they yeah. should be on the list somewhere. If not as high as my bias thinks, that's fine. <laughs> I've got a couple more. This is a band no one probably listens to except me and their British band called Hardfy. They're really good. I'd recommend going back to them if you haven't heard of them before. Cage the Elephant, I think they Ooh. probably weren't serious consideration Mm -hmm. 
I, I think that's so. like a legitimate contender. And because they've just gotten a lot more popular recently. Yeah. It, but if you listen to their older stuff, it's like definitely a little edgier and kind of raw and cool. Mm-hmm. And But their more recent stuff is very uh, like commercially popular. And I, I think it's really, really good. I like them a lot. I've heard they're very good live. This is just a plug for one of my favorite bands, Social Distortion. Most of their good stuff was really early 2000s. I think... Oh, I would be remiss if I did not mention Wolfmother as one of uh, me and Dill's favorite bands. Wolfmother? Yeah, I don't think that a lot of people listen to them, but... I know them. Yeah. They're good. They're fun. Cake? (laughs) They kind of occupy a weird niche, but I really like them. I think they're a solid honorable mention. (laughs) In uh, Allegis' hometown of Moline, there's a cake cover band called Have Your Cake. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) I like it. I'd like to see them one day. And another one, I think, if we qualify them, I think should warrant serious consideration is The Shins. I love The Shins. I thought I was being biased by putting them on the list. They kind of occupy a similar space to Coldplay. They haven't gotten nearly as poppy as Coldplay has. But they're definitely like more on the indie side of rock. So, but if we can, if we consider them eligible for this list they definitely belong on it because they're incredible and yeah they kind of popularized indie rock is like oxymoronic as that sounds yeah so i would agree with that though i love the shins yeah anything from you mike to the surprise <laughs> of no one i have one i have one artist i'm gonna plug here uh that would be bruce springsteen <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm actually serious about this. I legitimately am going to argue for his inclusion on this list because... <laughs> Guys, I'm serious. No, no, for real. He has... I just looked at his discography. He's released three, four, five, six, seven. He's about to release his eighth album of the 2000s, which means he will have produced like about a third of his collection in the 2000s. And several of those albums are incredible. Wrecking Ball was an absolute just banger from beginning to end the rising though i would say i would argue the rising is one of the maybe five or ten most important albums of the 2000s he released that right after 9-11 and went on live television and sang these songs he had written specifically for the u.s after 9-11 and like acoustically went up there with just his guitar and his harmonica and sang a song called Empty Sky about the New York City skyline missing the Twin Towers. And just like this is incredible song, incredibly important, beautifully written, perfectly performed. And it was just like a signal that he, that he was back to writing really important songs that people needed to hear. So I think he's had an incredible run in the, the 2000s and is really one of the only sort of holdovers from that era of music that's still playing in a way that's consistent with the way he used to. I think Paul McCartney is still, you know, touring people really like him, but his, I would imagine his live act is a little different than it was back then. Like Bruce is still a person who people who loved music in the seventies and eighties can see the same way that they saw it in the seventies and eighties. And I think that's hugely important. I mean, he plays four hour shows still. That's pretty wild. You made a good point. I mean, it's hard to argue with some of that. Yeah. So g- give me like number 10. I'll take number 10 <laughs> for him. I would be, I, that's fine with kicking Cold War kids off the list. Okay. Yeah. We can start with that. Well, so let's talk about how many spots we're serious about putting on here. I think, I think Weezer belongs. Yep. I think, 
I don't know. Cage the Elephant might be like just missing it based on how strong this list is. I think Cage the Elephant is like a just missed at 11. Yeah, I would agree with that. But like just missed. Um, I know. I'm trying to think back to some of their older stuff too. Like Ain't No Rest for the Wicked is such a great song. Cigarette Daydreams is just like such a, just such a great song. <laughs> it is. In One Ear, uh, Back Against the Wall. They've got, yeah, they've got such great stuff. So, I don't know. And I guess it's, it depends. Where are we falling on the shins? Do you listen to the shins, Mike? I know the shins, and I would say that they're kind of. I think they're too indie for this list. I think they're too indie. I don't think they would want to be on this list. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at all the rest of them. I just think that they're a little too indie. I personally love them, but I think they're too yeah. indie. We'll just have to do an indie podcast <laughs> and just talk about the Excellent. shins for an hour. Or let's just fucking, yeah. let's just do a shins podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Top 10 shins. <laughs> so. So if we want to put Weezer and Bruce on here, that means we need to get rid of two. I think Cold Cold War Kids, just because of kind of their, like, I think that's probably like the only band on this list that Mike hadn't heard of, which I think yeah. is kind of an, an indicator of Yeah, their... and like you said, they're up and coming more so now. Yep. I'm honestly comfortable with moving the White Stripes off because... I think they really rack out, but I just don't think the popularity is there. I think they're important. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure I agree. I think I'm more. I this is going to sound like sacrilege, but I actually would be more inclined to take Blink 182 off this list, only because I'm just not sure that they fit on this list. I think Blink 182 is incredible, but I think the White Stripes fit on this list more than Blink 182 does, and I think all the other bands on this list kind of fit thematically more than Blink 182 does. I can see it. They're a little bit more like punk. I don't know, Kyle. You're pondering. There, yeah. I, I, it's for me. It's between Blink and Arcade Fire because I think Arcade yeah, Fire, yes, kind of occupies not like the same space as the Shins, but they're like, they're like halfway between indie and like popular rock, yeah. which yeah. is not an indictment of their talent. I know. And so, like, I just... I'm trying to figure out which of those, like, fits on this list better, and I'm having a hard time figuring it out, because I agree with you, too, Mike. Like, Blink is kind of a... Like, the fact that we talked about them on that list with Dylan is, like... It, that's, like, a, like a subgenre of popular rock, and, yeah. we, and they were... They factored high on that list. Do you think we need to move Cake on the list? <laughs> I think Cake has a couple of great songs, and they... Are a strong. I don't. I wasn't kidding. Like I think they're uh, worthy of like a high honorable mention. I don't think, based on the resumes of the other bands on this list, they deserve a top ten spot. I, th- Gina, you're the tiebreaker, and you really love Arcade Fire. I think we should take Blink One Eighty Two off. I, no, I think we should take Arcade Fire off. You're just you're being like an anti Homer. No, I, I'm just thinking like comparatively, I think even though both of them are a little off compared to the rest of the list, I think Blink-182 fits better. And I think they're more okay. popular. All right. Wow. We trust your judgment. That's very big. That is a I know. selfless I know. I love Arcade and they went from five to off, but let's take them off. Wow. Okay. <laughs> a right. truly selfless act by a, a truly selfless person. I try. Let's I do try. this then. I think Foo Fighters and Killers stay at one and two. Yep. Right? Then Weezer at three. I like Weezer at three. You guys seem a little more hesitant. No, I Weezer think at Weezer three. at three Weezer is a at move. Three, let's do it. Okay, that's, yep. that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> All 
Chili peppers at four feels fine to me. Yeah. After that, we would have Green Day, Muse, Blink-182, Arctic Monkeys. Yeah, this is where we get a little hazy. I would go... (laughs) Let me, let me fight. Let me... (laughs) You know what? I'm not actually going to fight for it. I'm going to ask. Can we put Arctic Monkeys at six? Just do it for me. Do it for the kids. I, I'm Okay. okay with that. All right, cool. And I really think that Arctic Monkeys popularly and artistically are a better band than Muse. Yeah. I don't think I think they really came into their own both oh, commercially but that, so and does that artist- beat Green Day? Green Day still comes five? I think Green oh, Day still Yeah, five. if you want it oh alright. Well I was gonna take it. I think Green Day has a, a bigger yeah. cultural impact than right. Arctic Monkeys do. Yeah, I agree. That would it's put- just it's just me, Kyle, and a bunch of sixteen year old girls apparently. <laughs> no, I think Blink one eighty two is more popular than Muse. Yeah. Yeah. But given our hesitation about how they fit, I think it's fair to put Muse above them still. Yeah, or do you want to- I agree. That would put the White Stripes at nine, where they were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Bruce Springsteen would be number ten. What is the laughter? Why do we keep <laughs> laughing? He legitimately has had a huge run in the 2000s. I'm going to look up big... Okay, hold up. Uh, keep talking. Just say stuff. I'm going to look up... My- Artist. I'm not. Oh, wait. Well, before you do this, while I'm remembering, one more honorable mention that I wanted to plug is an instrumental rock band, Explosions in the Sky, and they do a ton of soundtracks, but they are absolutely incredible. They Ooh. do like they did the whole Friday Night Lights soundtrack. They did the Lone Survivor soundtrack. Oh, very good. Like background music or working music, whatever. Really good. Obviously, by popularity and just by general rock status they don't belong on this list but i needed to give them their own separate plug because they're one of my favorite bands i'm really into that i'm always looking for good instrumental music to listen to at work and stuff so that's cool thanks g yeah um we're not laughing at bruce mike it's just more that it's coming from you okay and also like i don't know if i could name any of his songs (laughs) that weren't that or came after 2000 and i'm not saying that to be like a no, no, and that's and that's entirely reasonable. This is a this legitimately is a situation where if you got if if you didn't get off the train, the music that he's been producing in the two thousands is stellar, and that's just from like an actual album point of view. But from a live music point of view, he still sells out. You know, years long tours at stadium after stadium after stadium. He is still a bona fide rock star. <laughs> yeah. So is this the final list? I think what we've done here is we've constructed a top 10 list of the best rock bands from the year 2000 onward. That's correct. Gina. That's kind of what it feels like. You did such an incredible job. This is like probably the longest honorable mention list we've ever had. And it's clear that you put a lot of thought into this, even though you left Weezer off your list. That's fair. It's super fine. Would you care to recite our final list for the good listeners. Do I go from 10 to 1? Yeah, that's the way we usually do it. Number 10, Bruce Springsteen. Number 9, The White Stripes. Number 8, Blink-182. Number 7, Muse. Number 6, Arctic Monkeys. Number 5, Green Day. Number 4, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Number 3, Weezer. How could I forget? Number 2, The Killers. And number 1, Foo Fighters. Wow. Wow. What a, what an epic guest appearance. This was like hot fuss levels of <laughs> debut work. I'm, ex- I'm reference. really excited for, uh, Gina's follow up album on this podcast. 
I'm glad that we finally got this done. We've been talking about it for a long time. We really do appreciate your fandom. It means a lot that you advocate for it so much. So I believe like, in you guys. <laughs> thanks, G. I would I would like to close the podcast uh, in addition to thanking G by thanking our dear friend Kevin McLeod for whipping up the stankiest beats that we ever did here and our not top three music and our intro music. And I'll go ahead and thank Aaron Sant for putting together our uh, artwork because it's dope AF. Uh, if you want to see more of her stuff, you can see it at Sant Design on Instagram. I'm not going to thank the dope-ass work of Aaron Sant, but uh, suffice to say, it is dope-ass. Yep. I will specifically thank the dope-ass work of our social media coordinator, Caroline Lebranti. Check her stuff out, I don't know, somewhere. Google her, I don't know. Uh, I want to thank her for doing her great work on our very mediocre Twitter our pretty damn good Instagram and Facebook situations, all that shiz is top 10 km T-E-N. And you can check us out on the old emails, top10km at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts, positive, negative, stuff we need to be doing, ways you can get on the podcast. We would love that. And while you are listening to the podcast on some app, there are a bunch of apps you can listen on, like the Apple Podcast app, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, pretty much wherever podcasts are sold. Though I don't think they're sold. (laughs) No. Nah, man. Well, that was so much damn fun. Final thank you to Gina. We really appreciate you coming on. Thank you guys for having me. It was a blast. Thank you. See you later, amigo. All right, see you, friends. Bye, Kyle, and bye, new friend Gina. (laughs) Bye. On this week's episode of Curious George, we are joined by the lady in the yellow hat. Oh, (laughs) 2019. Yep, damn right it is.